Welcome to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio right here on AM 920, The Answer. In this first segment of the show, the Metro Atlanta residential real estate market update for the last seven days. What's happened in the last week? You're probably thinking, why is this goofy guy giving me market updates every seven days? Well, when the market starts to change fast, you can only see the changes happening if you look at it in very small increments. Sometimes once you see it and you're looking at it year to date, or you're looking at it year over year for a particular month, once you notice there is something wrong, you are three or four months behind where you should be. And there's something you should know about Metro Atlanta segment, Underground Atlanta. I used to park my car in Underground Atlanta when I went to Georgia State as a teenager, and our home price is cooling. My name is Cleve Gaddis, and you are listening to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio, where we help listeners Go from real estate novices to experts so home selling and buying can be done with total confidence and without all the worry that's typical with life's biggest investments. We want to connect with you. We really do. Go to gogaddisradio.com, G-O-G-A-D-D-I-S radio.com. You can ask questions. You can make comments. You can push back or argue with me if you'd like to. You can share your ideas. You can request that we answer questions off air. You can ask that we answer questions on air, however you want to do it. And you can also subscribe to our podcast. We would love for you to be a podcast subscriber. So visit gogaddisradio.com, G-O-G-A-D-D-I-S radio.com. In the last seven days, we had 2,619 new listings, which is about 850 more than the 1,752 listings that went under contract. So we've still got more listings flowing into the market most every week. I would say this time... A year ago, we probably had two or three weeks' worth of inventory. In an example that we used in last week's show, it was a neighborhood that had closer to three months' worth of inventory, so there's a good bit more inventory on the market in Metro Atlanta right now than there was five or six months ago. 2,619 new listings, 1,752 homes under contract. Listen to this, 2,706 home sellers who decreased their price in the last seven days, which means there's 2,706 homeowners in Metro Atlanta that raised their hand and said, hey, 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 I think I'm more motivated this week than I was last week. If you are looking to buy a house and you're having a hard time finding a seller that's willing to negotiate with you, it could be that you're not looking at the right list. If you you were working with a Gaddis Group real estate agent here at REMAX Center, they would prepare for you what's called the Motivated Seller Index, which is they would send you listings that had had, you know, had gone off the market and come back on the market that had been on the market more than 21 days and would also send you ones that had price decreases in that geographic area that you're interested in. If you'd like to know more about that, gogaddisradio.com is where you go, or you can call us at 770-497-0000. To round out the discussion for the prior week, there were 2,435 closings for the week. 2,435 closings for the week. What does all this mean? It means there's lots more opportunities out there for home buyers. If you've been sitting on the sidelines, then you need to kind of get back in there. If you think interest rates are too high for you to buy right now, you probably need to give us a call directly so you can learn about our interest rate offset program where it is our goal to help you offset any additional interest you would pay over the first seven years through discount and a price or maybe some seller concessions. It is really freaking cool. And we're seeing successes with this program all over the country. 
If you are a home seller, does this mean that you shouldn't be listing your home, that it's not going to be a good market? Nope. If your home's priced correctly, and I don't mean low, but priced correctly, and it's in really good shape, you're still going to get a record sale price for your home in today's market. So it sounds crazy, and it sounds like I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth, but the reality is it's good for sellers and it's good for buyers in today's market. And I hear something you should know about Metro Atlanta, underground Atlanta. I went to Georgia State as a teenager, and uh, as a teenager, I didn't have any money. I'm not sure if you can relate to that, but I didn't have any money. My parents were paying for me to go to school, but I had to pay most of my expenses, and so I couldn't afford to pay for parking when I parked at Georgia State. And Underground Atlanta had an entrance that's in a, in a off of a parking garage that was behind the old world of Coke. And so you could drive down a little street. And one day I got lost and I went up to the gate that was, you know, on the front entrance of, of uh, Underground Atlanta that went right underneath uh, the streets above. And the gate was open, but it looked like it was locked. And so I'm thinking for two or three or four months, I parked my car inside that gate almost every single day and never got caught. And I saved a lot of money on parking. Now I did. Uh, several months later, find a security guard looking at my car and me as I came back to get my car. And so my parking space was ruined. But I remember Underground Atlanta fondly. Um, I don't remember necessarily when it first opened, but Underground Atlanta has long been a cultural heart of downtown Atlanta with historic roots dating back to the 1900s. It's an arts, entertainment, and retail district. It spans multiple levels and four city blocks. When you <clears throat> Walk near Five Points, you're not actually stepping on terra firma solid ground. In the 1920s, Atlanta was on a building spree near the intersection of railroad tracks that had given the city its original name of Terminus. City leaders decided that the best way to ease gridlock as trains passed was to build viaducts over them. In 1929, what would be considered street level was essentially moved up one story. Stores set up shop on the second floor. Original first floor became first floors became basements and a speakeasy here and there during Prohibition. And cobblestone streets became frozen in time and gas-lit street lamps dimmed. And the area was largely, largely sealed off until the late 1960s when city, city leaders turned the original streets into, and stores into nightlife and entertainment district with bars and restaurants. Underground's best year drew 3.5 million visitors, $17 million in sales. The city shut doors in 1980 and reopened them with retail and restaurants nine years later. Now the development waits for another rebirth as a mixed-use complex. This is exciting. In 2020, Lalani Ventures purchased Underground with a vision to restore and revitalize this story destination with new, with a new team at the helm. Underground will once again reflect and enhance the vibrancy of the city we call home as Underground Atlanta is readying for redevelopment. The property owners have started to breathe life back into the property with interactive art, entertainment, and weekly activations that can be found on the property's website or social media channels. For a unique cultural experience, visit uh, Lower Alabama. I love that. The True Underground, which is a portion of that property. That space has been reimagined as the property's art and culture epicenter. Popular music, music club masquerade relocated underground Atlanta in 2016, bringing... It's three indoor venues, Heaven, Hell, and Purgatory, to, with it. After two a two-year hiatus, the New Year's Eve, Peach Drop returns to Underground Atlanta this year, so you might want to plan to be there. I have not been to Underground Atlanta in years and years and years, and I'm looking forward to getting back there myself. If you've just joined us, you're listening to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio right here on AM 920, The Answer in Atlanta. I'm Cleve Gaddis, and I really appreciate you listening to the show. 
Do you believe that home prices will decline this year? Has the thought of that put your home buying or selling on hold? Has it made you feel stuck? We got a listener question. This is Jimmy in Ackworth who says, it seems like we're seeing more homes coming on the market. Does this mean that prices are going to decline? And um, this is a big, bold statement for me to say, but I don't really believe prices are going to decline. Are we going to see uh, the level of increase, decrease? Yes, I think we are. Fannie Mae predicts home prices will appreciate 16% this year. That is compared to their initial projection of 7.6%. Freddie Mac believes home prices will appreciate 12.8% this year compared to 6.2%, what they believed at the beginning of the year. The National Association of Realtors believes home prices will increase 11.5%. They thought it was 5.1% at the beginning of the year. Zellman and Associates believes home prices will appreciate at 10% for the year. They thought it was 3% early on, and the Mortgage Bankers Association believe home prices will appreciate 2.7%. They believe 5.1% for the year. As the, the, the data shows, you know, most of the sources of predictions or projections have adjusted up and now call for more appreciation than, than they originally projected this January. Um, I, I don't know why experts, I don't know exactly why the experts are so confident that we will have continued appreciation. But my guess is it is based on a few things. Number one, we still have less housing units than we have households. So when you have more households than you have housing units, you need more housing units. I have seen numbers that say we're 2 million housing units behind. I've seen numbers that say we're 3 million. I mean, 6 million housing units behind. Let's just call, let's just say we're 3 or 4 million housing units behind. When you have fewer units than you have households, that causes unusual strain on the market. Also, I have a lot of people ask questions. Hey, why is this not like 2008 to 2012? And the reality is, you know, 2000 to 2006, there were some loosey-goosey lending standards in the United States. You had stated income, stated asset, or what we called back then liar's loans, where you just kind of make up whatever information you had. They loan you the money. You have someone working as a waitress that's probably a $40,000 job at the time put down, I'm making $150,000, and they got approved for a mortgage as if they had $150,000 in income. The problem is, if you say you have $150,000 in income and you need that to qualify and you don't have $150,000 in income, you can't make your payment. So back then, as housing value started to decrease, borrowers who were not qualified to buy the homes in the first place, and I'm not pointing any fingers at anybody. If you got caught into in the mortgage crisis before to no fault of your own, please accept my apologies. I'm not judging you. I'm just saying there were a lot of loans made to people who had no ability to pay them back. So as soon as there started to be pressure on the market and there started to be some discussions of foreclosures, those buyers just folded and let the banks have their house back. I don't think that's what's going to happen in today's market. I think that there is not enough inventory, there's not enough housing units and credit standards for lenders, credit standards for borrowers over the last few years have been extremely strong. Last little piece is people have a lot of equity in their homes today. And if I owned a home and I had no equity and the bank wanted to take it from me, I probably wouldn't put up much of a fight. But if I owned a home and I had $300,000 worth of equity and the bank decided it was going to try to take it from me, I say they better put both their hands up because they're going to get a fight. I'm going to fight to keep that house. And I think that is what all of us would do. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, what kind of pests... 
like to hang around your pantry, and how do you know if you have them? We've got a guest from Northwest Exterminating, one of my favorite guests. Stick with us, and we're going to talk all about pantry pests when we return. <laughs> 